Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey everyone, can you hear Sydney? Yep. Dom? Yes, I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, Dom. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, great. Okay, so let me get this jump started real quick. Um, Welcome everyone to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview. And today we have the Grammy uh, award-winning star of film and stage, Sydney James Harcourt. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, this is actually the first time I've been called the star of a film, and it's true, <laughs> and that kind of is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that uh, to get it, you know, jump in a little light, um, this is a, I think this is actually a, a really uh, a big deal, and um, it's it's very the timing is very strange after um, yeah after watching what like is went on in Hamilton, um, it's very strange timing, and I guess maybe the timing is perfect. Um, but what was the experience for you um, filming Hamilton? Filming experience was was truly a crazy point in a crazy experience already. Um, we had had so much happen, you know, leading up to the experience besides the, you know, different um, celebrities and politicians and people that would come to see the show who are blowing your mind. And then you do the Grammys and then you do um, the Tony Awards. And we were at the White House and met the Obamas so many times. And then the, the Tony Award weekend, this film happened right after that. We did the Tony Awards. We did uh, a week of eight shows. And then we filmed this over the course of three shows in between. And then we did eight more shows that next week. Um, at times, I didn't know, like... <laughs> I didn't know what they were going to get. You know, we were like running on fumes from so many things and yet it was all so exciting, you know, to have the theater that you've been performing in transformed with all the seats taken out and like cranes and these trolleys and different, you know, camera equipment in there and cameras on stage and sort of having rehearsals with the Steadicam guys for room where it happened so that we would know where they were going to be and setting up shots. It was a really unique experience for a Broadway cast. Um, And then just as a human, it was like sort of this cap on an experience that had already been so uh, full of so many high points and, you know, don'ts. It was really excellent. Yeah, I don't, after reading some of the the stuff, I I don't know how you all were able to do what you did with having that many shows and, you already yourself having, um, you know, a handful of characters to remember. And I mean, essentially it seems like you you know the entire musical backwards and forwards with how the characters that you have played or you're the understudy for. Um, Yeah. Well, it's interesting (laughs) when you talk about the, the week of filming. 
I was playing Aaron Burr for the days leading up to the film uh, on stage as the understudy. Leslie was, you know, getting some rest because he knew the film was coming up. So at nighttime, I was playing Aaron Burr, and I think I had one George Washington that week, and then I'm doing my ensemble part in the film. So, yeah, when I think about it now, it's four years, you know, since we did that, which is in its own way, you know, kind of, you know, this blows your mind a bit as an actor to see all that work that you did now for the first time. Um, But uh, it just really... um, coming back around like this, it's just really kind of, uh, it brings back a lot of emotions and memories. Yeah. With, um, with 700 plus performances, which is a crazy (laughs) number, like to to look (laughs) at it, it just doesn't, it it doesn't even, I can't fathom trying to do anything 700 times consciously. Um, but what is it like, uh, to have, to do that that many times and to not necessarily, I mean, I don't know if you know what character you're going to play ahead of time, but with you having to switch and with that many yeah. performances, what is that experience like? Well, it's your whole life. You know, you wake up in the morning. The first thing I, as when I'm on, you know, when I'm doing shows, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I check my voice. I just kind of do like a lip trill, like, to see where I am that kind of like tells me like, am I in a good place? Am I feeling tired? Um, And then from that point forward, you get out of bed and you start getting ready for the show. You warm up in the shower, you warm up your voice, you head to the gym, you get your body warmed up. Um, Throughout the week, I would have um, physical therapy appointments uh, to a, to kind of like stop injuries from happening and then also to, like, kind of take care of existing injuries, which everybody had. I had uh, chiropractic every week, um, and uh, I had acupuncture twice a week. Um, and uh, you have to stay – you can't talk after the show. Or, you, you know, you can warm yourself up, but, like, after the show, there's no talking on the phone. There's no talking to your parents. Like, you can't waste your voice like that because you – especially in a rap show – when you're Aaron Burr and you're saying 10,000 words in that show, like in one show, you, your voice will disappear if you're not being careful with it. Um, and as you said, um, you don't necessarily, especially as an understudy and a cover, you don't know what you're doing on any given morning. I mean, the first time I ever went on for Aaron Burr, I, the show was at 2, You've got to be there at one um, thirty in order to like that's the actor's call is half hour call, and I found out at twelve thirty, and um, and I had not had a, re- a rehearsal with any cast member before. Oh, no. Um, so and I didn't have like costumes I had tried on, um, so I got they were like, can you come down here as soon as you can, and so that's what I did. You know, you kind of. It's this moment of, am I about to panic or what? And I told myself, like, no, this is real. You don't have the option to panic because no matter what, in an hour and a half, that orchestra is starting and you're walking out there. So from this moment to that moment, how are you going to use your time in order to prepare yourself the best for what you have to do? Get your head together. There's no time for panic. Um, 
it's really uh it's the most high pressure you know situation um i've ever been in uh hamilton and particularly you know the first times you're going on for roles um and especially when you don't have this the luxury of a long rehearsal process to kind of get you into it and to make a bunch of mistakes you just got to go out there and you've got to let that audience feel like you've been doing it since the beginning of the run. <sighs> yeah. And, and I think that that speaks to your talent level because I don't think that there's many people in the world that could to do that, especially with, like you said, all the lines that Burr had and, and not just, you know, singing, you're rapping, and you have, a, have to have a certain yeah. cadence, and you have to play off the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into Hamilton, did did you have any inkling of the cultural juggernaut, cultural blockbuster that this musical was going to be? No. There, anybody who says that they did is lying. Um, none of us knew. Like, from the, when, I, when we first did the workshop, and you first started getting a taste of the material and you heard things like 10 dual commandments. And um, you're working on this thing where for the first time for me as an actor, there were beats in the room set up. Usually for Broadway shows, you're just rehearsing with a piano and you only hear like the piano version of everything you do until Mm -hmm. you're getting ready to like move into the theater. And then you start hearing the orchestra. And that wasn't that way for us from the beginning of rehearsals. We were working with, a, a programmer and a mixer and they had a whole table over there besides our music director Alex Lacamoire you know who was on the keys we had beats and we had production and that felt new and momentous um, and you listened to the material and you listened to you know for me as a um, you know when I first come to Broadway um, there wasn't a lot that was pop that was current you know like radio sound broadway sort of has this theater sound that you get used to and some things sort of pierce that bubble like rent but still in Mm -hmm. a way sound theater right Right, these for the first time i was hearing things that really sounded like oh this is like what's bumping on the radio right now and for me that's where i had always wanted broadway to return to that golden age of setting the standard because, you know, in the 50s and the 40s, what was hot on Broadway is what was hot on the radio. That's just mm. we set the standard, kind of. And that went away with the advent of electric instruments and, you know, electric studio sound. Broadway sort of was like pushed themselves away from that and said, we're going to be this other thing. We're going to be this period piece. Um, and so for me, hearing those songs, hearing that material and especially having it be about the founding of our country, but told through the lens of a multicultural cast. Um, I, I definitely felt like it would be the biggest thing on Broadway that season when it came. I did not know I would meet the Obamas three times. (laughs) I did not know that I'd have a Grammy. I didn't know that, you know, seven years later, I would be getting ready for, you know, this movie to debut and seeing commercials with me in them, like on my favorite programs. That still gets me. Like I'm getting ready to watch some TV show and then there I am on TV. 
it's <laughs> it's hard to get <laughs> it's hard to have that not be it that kind of thing to me that should always be something really wonderful and special um and uh it's great it's 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 really heady and it's wonderful for my family and my friends to share in this kind of excitement yeah that's 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 amazing um and it kind of leads me into my 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 next question and you know we're on the the last day um of pride we're on the you know this Hamilton is going to release on Disney Plus on the the brink of um Fourth of July, and we're also in the middle of this, I guess you could call it a cultural uprising, and you as the, you know, the first um, openly gay cast member and a man of color, all this, you know, culminating to this release uh, on the third where you're going to have millions of eyes at one time being able to see this uh, this show, um, what is the the feelings that go through you when you know all this is all coming at one time? It's it, you know you talk about today. It really is it really is a moment of pride for me um, personally. It isn't easy. I thought it would be easier. It's not easy mm-hmm. to be openly gay in theater and not deal with um, pre, you know, preconceived notions about what your acting is going to be like, about your limitations on characters and the things you can do. And um, to represent, you know, for gay minorities in this country, in this show, is I don't take it lightly. And I realized it then you know, um, when I was in the show and I realized that I would have to try and be that voice and leave some sort of legacy in the way I could with my uh, ensemble track and my feature track to put, to put everybody on stage, not just every race, but every, you know, possible kind of LGBTQ angle I could when it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, our choreographer would say, you know, Andy Blankenbuehler, hey, you guys, you have the next, like, 32 counts to freestyle during, you know, uh, Lafayette's Guns and Ships. I was like, well, if I can get away with it, I am going to Vogue down to the floor and be, <laughs> like, ultra femme. And, you know, because it's Lafayette and Paris is burning, right. that's how I got away with it, right? <laughs> and, um, and, like, when we're playing, you know, so many of the time, uh, we're playing, so much of the time, we're playing characters that are in the world of like New York for the Schuyler sisters or that are on the, you know, the, that are part of the Congress. And when I could, I was as gay as I wanted to be. Um, and I am now watching this four years later and it made the cut. And that is so special to me that it's not just Hamilton. It's not just this message of, which is so important that we all see ourselves as Americans, as one tribe that, you know, are bound together rather rather Mm -hmm. than all of these differences we all see in each other. But, uh, but for me, it's so important that some of the things that I really tried to include so that, you know, people who I consider my people, um, they're up there on stage, they're represented. You know, I, 
kind of grew up around in New York around drag queens and people in the ballroom scene. And they taught me, you know, how to Vogue and how to dip and how to duck walk. And there it is in the film. So it, um, it feels it perfect. The timing feels oddly perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's, we're it's, all it's at home. We're all grappling with this pandemic. We're all grappling with the, you know, the hundreds of years of inequity that we have, you know, existed in, and it's coming to a head right in this moment. And that is when this movie that is emblematic of so much of this struggle is coming out. You know, they say there are no coincidences. And, you know, maybe this is proof. Yeah, and I know, I mean, as soon as, you know, I the intro comes on and I automatically felt a relation to the story because of how it is presented to me, um, you know, as a, a huge hip hop fan, huge R&B fan, soul yeah. fan, you, you know, it, it kind of, it, you know, I would, it's, not, it's a story that I would listen to, but when it's presented this way, it makes me want to listen that much more and it makes it palatable for people who are like, ah, it's a, I don't want to hear a story about Alexander Hamilton. I, you know, it's not something, you know, but once you show somebody, you know, the first minute, they go, oh, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give it a, I'm gonna give it a yeah. chance. And, with it having this kind of acclaim, I think it just makes it that much more that more eyes and ears are going to want to um, enjoy this experience. Um, so I, I would have to I have to ask, and I, and I think I know the answer, but is this, you know, do you think this is a once-in-a-lifetime type of musical? You know, when we think of musicals, there's a handful that we think of, and they eventually get... Um, redone decades and uh, afterwards. Do you think this is one of those uh, musicals? I think it's the musical. I, I, I don't, you know, the, the turn of the century uh, of the, of the 20th century in New York theater had no, no black people on Broadway. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed in the, in the theater as audience members or as actors. And while so many beautiful classic shows like Showboat in Oklahoma are, are legendary in their own rights, you can do them with a cast of any color that you want, and yet it still isn't a musical written for our time, written with inclusion in mind. Um, and and fiercely so, and I, I think that Hamilton will go down in history as being that show that, especially with this film, that broke open theater to make it accessible for everyone, that everyone can see themselves in this show. You're right, from those opening lines, how does a bastard orphan, son of a whore, and a Scotsman in the middle of a forgotten spot, make it. There's a lot of us out there that are bastards or orphans or feel like our lineage is not on the upper crust, who are, feel like we live in a town that nobody knows or cares about. And it's just 
proof that that doesn't matter. That's the American dream. You can make it. You can become president. So um, I, I, I don't think there is another show that can embody the potential of the individual, be they immigrant or naturalized citizen. Um, there's no other show that, that, that will speak to you in that way. It has changed my life. Um, I, I, I used to be okay <laughs> with, like, a couple days of laziness. I used to be okay with, like, you know, oh, you know, I'm not doing anything today. I'm going to the beach and I'm sitting on the couch, you know. Um, when you get that time, because eight, eight shows feels like so much. When you get a break, you're like, oh, I just need to, like, that. now that I know about Hamilton, I feel like I'm constantly running out of time. <laughs> I need to do more. Why am I, what am I writing? What am I creating? How am I leaving my mark? Um, and I'm thankful for that because it's kept me thriving. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, you as a person would not just, I mean, after people hear this, this story and uh, well, your story, I, I think that, you know, if people didn't already feel this way, I think that you are a shining example of inspiration for um, a lot of people. And I think um, that, you know, I would assume that with the, doing this musical that you learned, um, you know, a lot about yourself uh, and oh God, yes. history. Um, so is yes. there anything that, you know, really stood out to you besides like what a more of a personal journey uh for you than actual actual characters you played I mean you know I'm from Detroit my mom taught public school English in the heart of Detroit um we grew up poor and but I didn't I was you know she believed in education and she never, never, never told me that I had in any limitations on the size of my dreams. So I proceeded through life believing I really could be whatever I wanted to be, that I could have whatever I wanted because that is my right as an American. I have that opportunity. And um, it, is, it, it is a big full circle moment for me to go back to teach um, students and to talk to people and pass that message on and tell them, you know, my secrets of like the things I did in order to stay afloat in New York when times were tough and, and how to make it. And, you know, the story, there's so many stories on in Hamilton uh, that are on that stage of people who, you know, started from, you know, modest expectations and became great. Um, and I've never, you know, I've never really thought of how my own journey sort of mimics that in a way, you know, to come from Detroit to sitting at the White House with Obama's hand on my shoulder. <laughs> it, you, right? It's things that you don't even dream about come possible. And that's my biggest that's the biggest thing I, I try and pass on to young kids, to kids of every age, be they, you know, six or, you know, 42. It's never too late 
and there is no limit on the size of your dreams that don't let anything feel like it can stop you. I feel that sometimes in this society we're brought up to think, I have a box that I fit in, and I'm not one of those people who's going to have more. And this is just as good as it gets, and I have to accept that. And if there's one thing I can do on this earth in terms of a personal journey, it's to blow that notion away. Anybody has the chance to be standing in my shoes one day in the next Hamilton or wherever field, you know, that they want to be, be it medicine or education or entertainment. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a deep. Um, now, since we are Geek Vibes Nation, I have to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, uh, you know, Hamilton, you know, being part of this Disney Plus family, and you uh, at one point were Simba in The Lion King, um, which is also, yeah. you know, a Disney property. Uh, with Disney owning Marvel, uh, could you ever see yourself or do you want to uh, ever play a superhero? Disney, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I love I love superheroes, right? I grew up collecting um, Excalibur and X-Men and um, – you know, if they're willing, I will play Dark Phoenix in the next reboot um, if they're trying some non-traditional casting up in hell. Right, right. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at this point, you know, I kind of find you can, you can plan kind of what you want to do. You can try and be as specific as you want to be, and then life sort of brings you its version of what you were hoping for. I wanted to be Gene Kelly when I was a kid. I saw Singing in the Rain, and I wanted to be Gene Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I got that moment in the form of Aaron Burr in Hamilton in the middle of Room Where It Happens. I I remember, like, being in the middle of the whole production at the, like, apex of that number thinking, this is it. This is that thing I thought about when I was four and five. I didn't know it would come in this form, but here it is. Um, right. So, heck yeah, I wanna I wanna be a superhero <laughs> um, in a film. But I know that life has its own way of making that happen. Look, I'm also into like really hardcore into um, fantasy, and okay. um, so I will also take wizard. Um, or Warlock, those things I will take as well. Um, and then, of course, I love futurism. So, you know, any Star Trek or space film, I'm down for that too. <laughs> yeah, so right here, right now, we are speaking this into existence. One of these, if not all, are going to happen. Um, hey, when it does, let's. we have to recap. We have to come back. No, for sure. <laughs> uh I don't want to keep it too much longer. Uh, I just want to let everybody know Hamilton, uh, July 3rd on Disney+. Plus. Um, and is there anything else you want to let the people know? You know, everyone's going to be watching this film for a minute. They're going to be rewinding and playing it back. And I can only say rewind and then watch the ensemble. 
because there are shenanigans happening that will, between the cast members that we developed over years, that will delight people that they won't believe that we're actually doing up there in this number. Um, and so I just say keep an eye out because after you watch it the first time, 30 more times in there that you're going to be able to watch it to capture like all the rest of what everybody else is doing um, in the surround. I don't think a lot of people know this. They haven't seen the show, but um, we as a cast in a, many of the numbers in more than not stand in the shadows or in the surround while other people are doing their numbers as either like, you know, participants, silent participants, or the like reflections of their inner thoughts. So there's a lot of, you know, interesting things to catch. So don't give it just one watch. It's going to be a, I need to see this again kind of right, moment. Right. right. I can speak to that. That's very good. Um, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm, in, I'm on Instagram at Sydney Harcourt. You can visit my website at sydneyharcourt.com. And, um, you know, Google me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sydney, man, it was, man, a pleasure, delightful to talk to you, man. You're uh, Mine too. a very really, it's lovely. inspirational, deep person, man. Like, uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Um, it's a date. But yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping by giving us some time, man. Yeah, man, stay safe and, you know, keep your, you know, keep your uh, head up in this time of opportunity. It's a changing world right now, and we have the, it's one of those moments where we can make whatever we want out of it. For sure, man, for sure. Until next time, I'll see you later, man. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Bye, Dom. All right, man, see you.